Ryan Ledbetter. And with me, as always, the lovely and talented CEO, founder, and resident mama bird of Little Bird Marketing, Priscilla McKinney. Good morning, Priscilla. Good morning. How are you doing, Ledbetter? I'm doing great this morning. I've already had my coffee and a couple of donuts, so I'm uh, I'm primed and ready. Wow, you're way ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is odd because I'm two hours behind you. Right, and yeah, but no, just uh, just coffee so far. But oh. I'm but I'm fully I'm fully on. I'm okay. I'm fully here, fully present. Excellent. I might have the giggles. Really? Why is that? I don't know. This happens to me every once in a while. Oh, all right. Well, I'll... you don't you don't still get the giggles sometimes? Uh, usually just at funerals. <laughs> You would, Dad. I know. It's like the, I, I only get them at the most inappropriate and awkward times. It's like if I'm supposed to be quiet, that's when they usually hit. Oh, my gosh. That's exactly like growing up, you know, it was always in church when we would get the giggles over oh. something. Something would happen. And I'm serious. It's like my sisters and I just like just keep, do not look at each other. No, you can't. Because you cannot contain it. And then finally someone starts shaking and then someone's <laughs> shoulders go up and down and then it's over. I mean, you're all going to get just completely spanked for hours after church. <laughs> exactly. It's just, I mean, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, I mean, you know you're going to get it, so go for it. Make oh, yeah. It worth the, make it worth the beating. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, at that point, you might as well enjoy the moment because it's, it's going to be pretty much hell for the oh, next Oh, my month. gosh. We just revealed our generation. So I know. Anyway. I, exactly. <laughs> well, today I thought we'd talk a little bit about um, – Art. Oh, one of my favorite subjects. Well, I thought so. And I've got to tell you a little story. What I was thinking about and why why I brought it up is that I remember years ago, and this has got to be, I don't know, 22, 23 years ago. I remember going to your house mm-hmm. and you were the first friend of mine that... I knew like on my own independent life, not through my family or something like that, who had real art that they collected on the walls. Oh, you mean not just the posters from exactly. uh, from World Market or something? Right. Of Escher, of someone yeah. climbing the Escher staircase. <laughs> exactly. What uh, is this guy doing? <laughs> or, or a cat hanging on a branch saying, hang in there, baby. <laughs> I don't know if that's really art. <laughs> no. Well, you know... It could be. I'm sure the original of that is probably worth a lot of money on but, eBay somewhere. But since we're podcasting, we're the definitive answer, and we say no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is our world right now. So anyway, I, I thought that's you know that's something that we have in common. I like to collect actual, that we like to say real art, I guess, but art, original artwork. And it's been a goal of mine, you know, as an adult, one of my uh, be an adult goals is to be able to collect things that I love. Mm. and things that uh, mean something to me, and also I do love patroning the arts. And there mm. is something, I think, about that, whether you're paying $5 to somebody, uh, which I did for one of my employees' kids one time. She was making really cool stuff, wanted a little art business. I'm like, what can I get for 5 bucks? And she made me this awesome pipe cleaner bird that still sits on my desk. Nice. And so you can patron the arts at $5, or you can do it at a $50,000 painting, whatever it is that you're doing. But my point is, right. patron the arts. It's 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 awesome. Yeah. Which reminds me that um, now I'm a Patreon sponsor of one of my favorite podcasts, We Have Concerns. So oh, nice. It's like whatever kind of artwork, written word or whatever. But I bring it up because I remember seeing – an original animation cell on mm. your wall. 
Yes. And I remember being so intrigued by that because it didn't hold interest to me, yet I understood the value. And I think, what was it? Was it Warner Brothers or? Well, back then I collected uh, a lot of stuff. It was probably, it was either Warner Brothers or it it wasn't The Simpsons, was it? No. Okay, uh then it was probably, it was either either Warner Brothers or Disney because those were the two that I really, oh, or maybe... No, it would have been Warner Brothers or Disney because I started out collecting uh, individual cells and then I started moving into uh, cartoon cells from, like, say, The Simpsons or, uh, like, Disney's Lion King or Ren and well, Stimpy. And... Oh, my gosh. Of course you collected Ren and Stimpy. Yes. But, you know, uh, single cell ownership, you know, was just the gateway artwork ownership oh to bigger things. <laughs> you know what? That is so true because I found myself, that I kind of hit a pinnacle because after I bought, I remember this distinctly. Is it all downhill from here? It kind of <laughs> is. Oh, it no. kind of is. It's like I bought um, this limited edition cell for that celebrated the Simpsons 100th episode, uh-huh. and there were only 200 of them made. 100 of them went to the cast and crew, mm-hmm. and then the other 100 was uh, for the general public, and I went and bought that. And at the time, that was the most expensive uh, piece of art I bought. I think it was like $3,500 or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember at that point, the, that was like the tipping point for me to go, wow, if I'm going to spend this kind of money on something like this, I probably should look at other art. And so that's what started. And then I, I ended up going to one of those art galleries in the mall, like a Martin Lawrence art gallery. Mm-hmm. And I started looking around and going, okay, what talks to me? What speaks to me? And one of the first ones that I bought was uh, this guy who actually uh, worked with Andy Warhol back in the day when he was when he was in New York. This this artist's wow. name was Steve Kaufman, uh-huh. and he started following the style of Warhol, where he would take popular images of the day, like Marilyn Monroe or Elvis, or you know, he he even paid homage to Warhol and did a Campbell's soup can silk screen. And then what he would do that was different than Warhol is he would silk screen the image, and then he would go back and personally paint and embellish the canvas. Uh-huh. So very cool stuff. So I've I've actually got uh, uh, one of the Marilyn Monroe pieces here at the house. It's huge. It's like thirty six by thirty six. It's oh, a beautiful you, painting. You've had that for a long time. Yeah, so yeah. The one I'm, I've seen in your house before. Yeah, absolutely. That one. Well, yeah. I did not realize that was original art. Yeah, that's that was one of that was only like the second second or third suite that he put out, and I was uh-huh. able to get that for a steal. I mean, and oh. sadly he's dead now. I mean, you know, it's sad that he won't be creating anymore art, but right. it's great for the aftermarket because that thing shot up in value. Like, so let me ask you this: Why did you collect it? Because it's valuable, or because you like that? You know what? I was just going to bring that up because I started out looking at it from two ways. One, if it if it speaks to me, it's like I really, really like it and I want to look at it. But part of me, I would say about 70% of it was like, okay, if I buy this, this is a great piece. It's an iconic image. It will probably go up in value. And then I, I was talking to an art guy uh, at, at one of the galleries, and he goes, look, he goes, Dan, I'm going to give you the best piece of advice anybody's ever given you. I said, wow. what? Yeah, I know. I was like totally intrigued by that point. He said, don't buy art under the auspices that you're going to make money on it later. Buy it because it moves you. Because that way, if like, because art, art's such a volatile market anyway, if it speaks to you and you love it, you're going to love it whether it it is worth money later or not. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, if it's sitting on the wall and you did it strictly from a standpoint of wanting to make money, then it's like, 
it'll be a constant reminder of how much you don't have. Right. Yeah, It's there's got to be some amount of pleasure that you derive from looking at it, you know? Absolutely. And, and because, it, and for me, I mean, I hang it in my house, and you, you do too. Um, yeah, I put some in, in my office. Unfortunately, that was one of the unfortunate things about when my uh, when my office burned down. I had three pieces of original art in there. Oh, no. Yeah, and I mean, I was insured, but, you know, you, you don't get that back. That's not... That's one of those things that's just, right. you know, this is, these are people that I've collected that I've, I've liked for years and those pieces were gone and they're out of their portfolio. They're gone for them too. You know, they, right. they also got pleasure from the fact that I liked it and that I had it hanging in my place, you know, and yeah. we're a graphics company. And so to me to have original artwork is, is awesome. But I, I like, like if I could pick like one artist that um, always kind of does it for me, always brings me back to like, oh, love it. It's Rothko. Mm. And it's not necessarily, you know, so I, I believe me, I love Rothko, but it's, I'm happy with many people in the whole school of what he does. Right. So, I mean, obviously it's amazing when someone's a forebearer and, and figures something out and everybody emulates it, which is such a wonderful part about art. And I don't think a very understood part sometimes for people it's like, one of my pet peeves, for example, is when I'm looking at a piece of abstract art and I'm like, wow, that is awesome. And someone goes, I could do that. Oh. My kid could do that. I'm like, no, they couldn't. Let me assure you. Right. You know, or yes, they could, you know, in as many years as it takes to get here. And it's just people just don't understand. And it's frustrating. That literally happened to me yesterday. I was on a video shoot and we went by a really cool abstract painting. I'm like, that's gorgeous. And literally, a videographer I was with just said, yeah, I could do that. Oh. Like, then you should. Then put yeah. down that video camera because that's much better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's just, to me, that's just kind of packs me off a little bit because, right. you know, when I hear that about stuff, especially like with Jackson Pollock and things like that, but okay, sit down and try that. Right. It's not that easy. And... Well, that's what's, that's what's so funny because actually that reminds me of uh, one of my favorite artists, uh, You'll have to look him up sometime. His name is Mark Kostabi. Mm -hmm. He he was born in '60, so he came sort of late to the like the art pop art party. But he started developing his own style, and what he ended up doing this, and I think this is genius on two levels. One, I love his work because it's very striking, and and the imagery is so uh, amazing. But what he he's got a place or had a place. He's in Rome now, but he had a studio in New York called Kastabi World, mm -hmm. and he hired people to paint in his style. And then what they'd do is once once a week or once a month, they would come around this big round table, and he'd uh -huh. be at the head of it, and it's like they would present their pictures to him, and if uh -huh. he liked it, he would sign it. No. Yeah. And, that's, and then if he didn't like it, he'd take a knife and just tear into it. Well, that is so my job, day in and day out. I'm really looking at artwork that people have created in my name and attempting to be in my style and my aesthetic. Or right. if not my style and aesthetic, you know, the style and aesthetic, obviously, of the client, but the quality controller, the excellence that I want, you know, at Little Bird. And then I decide, are we signing the Little Bird name to it, you know? Right. But it is so much harder than it looks, and that's why that's a pet peeve of mine when people look at artwork and say, I could do that, but they didn't do it, and it is much harder than it looks. Just for example, like five days ago, I was talking with one of my designers, and 
I have a lot of difficult conversations all the time. They're not that difficult for me, really. They're really right. the other person. <laughs> <laughs> I say that in jest. Of course, it's difficult yes. for me. I, you know, you, you're critiquing someone's art. I try and remind my designers all the time, you know, your worth is not on the line when you're showing me work. And I think that's the biggest difference in our culture than at most agencies. You know, people show their artwork and it's it turns into a referendum on their value as a human being. Right. You know, and that's not what it is. This is my art. This is what and you have to get really vulnerable in order to really show your best. And you've got to be able to trust the people around you. I'm only saying this because I love you. Right. (laughs) I say that when I walk up, you know, to their desk and they laugh and I laugh and it just lets that, you know, clears the air a little bit. And like, I'm going to tell you something that's difficult, but it's my job to critique art. And, you know, people who want to grow and learn go, oh, right, right. And, you know, they really take it and, and eat it up. And they, they've learned to trust, um, you know, that I really want everybody to succeed. And I truly believe that we only succeed or fail in groups. Mm. And that is like the basis of our culture there. So to kind of go back to my point is that I walked up to her and we were talking about some this this one uh ad design that had been stumping the both of us in all fairness. I mean, I I was of no help, I'm sure. And it just was so hard. We were talking and and then we were like, let's put this aside. Let's move on to something else. We're looking at something else. I'm like, you know, we started talking and then I'm like, wait a minute. She starts showing me some things on her Pinterest and inspiration board. And, you know, I said, here's the thing. I like what you like. I can see that you have curated a very good, Pinterest board for inspiration. Right. So I can see that you have an eye for it and you get what I mean, but your work doesn't look like this. Why is that? And Hmm. she said, it it was just such a great, you know, like I said, you got to have a lot of trust to have these conversations, but she turned to me and she, she just seriously said, well, it's harder than it looks. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) I'll love you forever. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm like, you know, you're right, but let's get here. Let's figure out how hard and how, what we have to do in order to make it look like the things that are inspiring you, because it does take time. And, and I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm about, you know, developing people and, um, and getting us to a level of excellence for everything that goes out the door. But that kind of honesty really, you know, is the basis from which I feel the freedom to critique work, Mm -hmm. you know? And so if you can take it, then join our team. (laughs) Right. Well, now tell me, tell me a little bit more about that process because it's, I I find it fascinating, especially, you know, since we're talking about like basically art, art being an art critic, right? You know, it's like, if you listen to people who, who critique art, sometimes it gets very out there and very, weird and subjective it's like okay i kind of see what you're saying but i don't agree with it but like how how does the process work for you like when when you go to somebody's desk and they say here i've been working on this uh this graphic for this ad that we're doing Mm -hmm. like what is your what what goes on inside like what are your internal conversations when you're looking at a piece how are you judging it and how does that work okay that's interesting okay i'll walk through that first of all how do i know sometimes the client tells us it's (laughs) (laughs) doo-doo well there is that too (laughs) so 
sometimes I know it myself. <laughs> right, right. But sometimes I have to be told also. I have I have bosses too. <laughs> yes. So um, what's going on in my mind? Well, um, now don't extrapolate too much from this, but every day when I'm critiquing her, I feel like Heidi Klum. <laughs> I didn't say I look like her. <laughs> I just want to be clear. Well, I could I, somehow I just I just see this project runway uh, image of you sitting there going one day you are in and one day you are out. <laughs> I'll be the same. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, but you know when I watch that show with my daughter, she really loves it, and I mean it's super fun for us to watch all the time. And uh, I, you know, I'm I love to sew, and so you know she loves fashion. I love to sew, and I love the whole just problem solving you know, mess that they create for these designers. Right. And you see, you know, and it's reality TV, but you see the people who can manage their time, which I really love about that thing. Mm. Most art is time management. Really? Wait a minute. Now, hold on for a second. Tell me, tell me more about that because that seems to go against everything that I personally know about art. Really? Yeah. I because mean, for me, it's like art is is like art. It's not you can't really, well, you can I guess, but you can't put it in a box and say, okay, you have to have art now. <laughs> you can if you want to display it at the Tate Modern. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's just the thing they're looking for. <laughs> wow, see that's so that's so that's such a strange thing for me. It's like I've always been of the mind like you know, see uh, what are those uh, those cartoons you see of the tortured artist sitting before a canvas and you know nothing happens and then five minutes later it's like inspiration hits and then he paints for six months and has a masterpiece okay but let's talk about that what time management who's patient enough to sit in front of a canvas when they're stumped and stare if that's a a part part of the process you know most people go "Mm, i don't see it and go out and play a game of soccer or something you know it's like or they get on facebook and piss their life away looking at stuff online right it's time management in the sense of is this what you want and you pursue it and people look at these finished products on the wall well there was a hundred prototypes before it Mm. you know this this piece that you're looking at at on the wall very often is the you know 60th version of that same painting. Mm, that's a good point. And there's a reason why artists do things in series, because they didn't get it quite where they want it to be. And I think this idea, now there's all kinds of artists out there, but I think the artists get a bad rap as if they're just like, free bird, you know? Right. I think that they are the ones who really are successful are so diligent and are very good at time management. And, you know, maybe people think it's no time management when they just sit in a studio all day long, but I've known a lot of artists and they don't sit in a studio all day long. Right. You know, they're active and their minds are engaged in there. Like I've said a lot of times with writing, how do you want, if you want to get better with writing, you just keep writing. Right. If you want to get better at public speaking, you keep going and getting opportunities for public speaking. And if you want to get better at art, what do you do? You do more art. You do more of it. And that is why people collect people that they think are up and coming because it's going to get better. Right. And this idea of them being so diligent. And I do think that time management is a huge part of that kind of art world, aesthetic art world. But it is massive for graphic, commercial graphic design. Right. I've had 
uber talented people in my place and just had to just shield my eyes at the lack of time management. And mm. in the end, they don't end up working out at Little Bird. Right. Because time mm. management is so critical for uh, for client relationships. It's critical, obviously, for marketing strategies. Yeah. You know, it's also critical for the way that you interact with the rest of your team. Because if I can give one project to somebody and they get it done in a normal amount of time and then the other person takes four times as long, I hate to bring in this sweatshop factory mentality, but I am running a business too. Yeah. And while I, I, I have artwork, this is not the way I patron the arts. <laughs> this is the way I run a company. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I'd be happy to support you out in your world doing your artwork. But time management, I think, is you look at those designers. I mean, look at Vera Wang. Look at right. kind of how much they have to struggle to keep their life in balance and their days going, you know, and yeah. you look at all the people that are very successful in the art world, a lot of them um, are a little bit different from that stereotypical flighty person. They're people who get up very early. Right. People who are very disciplined in their own lives. They meditate. They, you know, they, they, they do um, a process. They're working through a process. So, I mean, I digress on that, but yeah, time management to me is huge. Wow. If you want artwork, if you want to do art, you need to learn how to manage your time. Right. And I, you can manage it as in like, I'm going to sit for two hours. I don't know what's going to come out, but you know, have those two hours. I'm right. not saying that you need to be efficient in all of it. There's a beauty of just kind of, you know, following a lead, but just knowing that, Oh, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm waiting for inspiration. Right. You know, that's fine. But yeah, I think there, I think great artists really in the end are, are, you know, a, a lot of them are very good at time management and I don't know any, great commercial graphics person who is not fantastic at time mm -hmm. management. <laughs> well, well let the, we, we kind of got off the, the track here yeah, for a second, yeah, but I want to go back. I want to go back to what, how you work, how your brain engages the, mm -hmm. the critiquing process. Well, you can because... get really technical, you know, first you can look at, you know, color, you can, um, you know, look at the mood, you can, you know, look at texture, light, shadows, you know, you can, you can think about things like this, like that's what you would think about with normal art critique, right? Sure. So you can go there, but it is, it's hard for me to actually explain the process because I do it naturally. And so it's interesting for me to have to kind of unpack what it mm. is I do in that process. Right. Um, but yeah, so I'm Heidi Klum. I'm standing there. They're parading <laughs> these, you know, they're very, very hard work. Some of them are standing there knowing internally that it did not work. Yeah. You know, and some of them are delusional and think it's marvelous <laughs> and it's a piece of doo-doo. <laughs> it's just, you know, and then sometimes you're like, interesting. Like I thought, I knew quite a bit, and yet look at this. You get you get this um, you get shocked. You get surprised by some beauty sometimes, and you're yeah. like, "Wow, I didn't I didn't see that. I didn't I I I didn't see that coming at all." That's what I was wondering because I would imagine it in in some levels it's kind of like walking through an art gallery where you mm -hmm. you walk up to something and you sit and you look at it for a moment or stand or whatever and. It just hits you like there, and it's it's fascinating to me how the critiquing eye works with different people. Like you and I could be standing in front of a, you know, a piece of art, and it's just an entirely black canvas, mm -hmm. and you'd be going, 
what the hell is that? I don't right. get what that is. And, I, and I'd start crying because it's so beautiful, that kind right. of thing. Because you know it's finally true. The zombie apocalypse is coming. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and and he shed a, a tear. <laughs> and it's been a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I would have to think that in some ways that's what it's like for you. When you have somebody come up, I, I, I can only imagine the subset of filters that are going through your mind. Like you're thinking about the client. You're thinking about what the client wants. You're looking at the piece. You're, you're, you're judging the overall feel. Did it impact you? How did it impact you? And I, I, I can only imagine that day in and day out, you really have to keep your mind sharp and fresh right. when you look at stuff. Well, and I do, I think I ask myself a few questions. Uh, you know, I I will say that when things fail, sometimes it's not the artist's fault either. In in our line of work, great work really comes from a great creative brief. Like if the client really knows what they're wanting right. and they've, you know, we've been able to juice that out of them. I did talk with someone the other day and they have a client who literally said to them about a logo design. I mean, this is, a lo this is near and dear to your, this is your, it becomes your baby, right? Right. Something you should be holding very dear. And he said to her, to a colleague of mine, well, I'll know it when I see it. And I said, I was like, and this guy is in construction, right? And I said, really? So tell me about his process. When he goes into a, um, a homeowner and they, he says, what kind of flooring would you like in the living room? And the owner just says, well, I'll know it when I see it. <laughs> he doesn't work like that. No. Why do you expect artists to do this? You know, and, and right. people like, like to mystify the whole thing of artwork. It's just work. It's just mm -hmm. work, people. And, it, you know, yeah, is it inspired or is it to do something that, you know, obviously it elevates, I think, the human experience. I mean, look around you. Everything you're looking at is art. The pen in your hand has been designed with some kind of art in mind. You know, you can't right. pick up a coffee cup. There's not, you know, art is just so, you know, pervasive. But it's this idea that people look at artists and expect that I'm going to tell you nothing and you give me what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know? And so for a graphic artist, that, you know, bad work comes First of all, I try and critique myself and say, did I give this artist the right info? Mm. Or did mm. I leave them and I had things in my head that I failed to express? And by doing that, of course, I don't like it. I'll tell a story about my my older sister. She's an amazing artist, and she does a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, commissioned work. And she met with the client, goes through the whole thing. You know, this is the house, this is the space. You know, uh, what you know, what colors and what you know, what palette, like what this all you know, this whole thing that she goes through, which is in my world a creative brief. Right. Well, at the end, you know, Elliot went to take it to her house and is doing a reveal, and she's like, "Oh, I really like it a lot. I just want mine in green." No, this no. this is yours. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. What she what did she think that she just that, that she went back to the warehouse and picked one out and brought it in to show her? Well, literally, I mean, in my line of, of work, I'm telling you, yes, that's what they think. I mean, people don't understand the process. I have clients who, you know, it's like, hey, where is that? No, that's in a in you know that's going to take a while longer, and and that's my bad sometimes when I fail to communicate the process. I just. It shocks me a lot of times that people think we just go back to the office and, you know, pull the slot, you know, machine and, you know, it comes out. Which, <laughs> and here know, it comes out in the tray below. Yeah. And some of them, you know, are inspired and work really great. But I, I kind of get back to the question. It's like I ask myself a few questions. One is, did I do my due diligence with the client and did I give this artist the right thing? So if wow. something's off, is it not, is it first and foremost, is it my fault? And then secondly, I say, you know, 
couple of things that I think of is uh, like, have I seen this before? Mm-hmm. And especially, have I seen this before from the same artist? Because I want oh. to make sure that we're not, you know, we're not churning out some of the same types of things. Um, right. And then I think, you know, what is, how do I feel about this? And then also, what what do I feel about this this client now? Or what do I understand about this client? What is it communicating to me? And I like to do a trick of just, you know, blocking out the words of the company and looking at the logo and saying, could this be soap and beer? Wow. (laughs) You know, or, you know, is this computer, you know, technology or a boutique? Hmm. You know, could this fit for both? And, and, And why should it? Because right. really the logo should be deeper. It should be expressing something else. I get something about this client. Um, and if I'm not seeing that when I start hiding different elements and pieces of it, then it probably has not come to its complete, um, you know, desired end state. Right. So we've right. got ways to go. It doesn't mean you have to completely, you know, throw it in the trash. Although I have done that many times. Yeah. You know. Wow. That's interesting. I love the fact that you look at it from the standpoint of, you know, what was, if, if, if it was something you didn't like, or if you loved you, it, taking that moment to go, what was my contribution mm-hmm. in the success or failure of this? Right. That's, that's brilliant because a lot of people don't, a lot of people just go, okay, you failed. Uh, go back to the drawing board. Right. It's kind of like, I go back to that Heidi Klum stuff. It's very clear what they want them to do. It's just some of those people don't listen to the instructions and start doing what they want to do. Right. And right. anybody who wants to make a name for themselves in fashion or in commercial graphics better start listening to what the rules were. Yes. If you want to true. pursue your own art at, on your own dime, then by all means, break all the rules. Mm. <laughs> Go for yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, but that's it. To me, that's kind of delusional to think that that's what can be happening. And that's why I enjoy watching that show because I'm like, really? This is your own demise you are constructing. <laughs> yeah, it's- <laughs> And it's funny because a lot of times you can see that happen on the way. It's like you're going, oh, no, it's a train wreck. It's a train wreck. Totally can. It's my favorite, though. I do love Tim Gunn. You know, I feel like a lot of times I'm like, guys, make it work. You know, this is we got to get this out. But right. it's not about settling. It's not make it work. And, and it's like you really have to understand. It's like, hey, you know, good enough for graphics. You know, it, it, it's not that. We are a, a boutique marketing firm that specializes in the intimacy of brands, in premier yes. brands, in somebody being on the inside of of um, something special, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where the name Little Bird comes from. And so I have to ask myself before a graphic um, goes out the door, is this special? Is this, is this better than your average bear? Mm. And if it's not, then I've got to ask myself why. And I'm going to have to go through that process. But make it work means elevate your game. Figure out what needs to be managed here. What was mismanaged? Was it time? Was it clarity? You know, was it just inspiration? Did they not spend the time feeding themselves so that they could really put something else out? And I think for the most part, the the fault lies in one of those three things. Hmm. And and then and then you can go back and manage that. And you say, okay. Now, here's the question I had, because you brought up something interesting when you said, go make it work. Have you ever in your uh, marketing career had an artist bring you something and initially you didn't like it and they fought for it and it changed your mind? Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could think of one all the time, but you know, that's the thing is, you know, anybody who will go toe to toe with me 
will earn respect, number one. Right. And number two, I'm fair. I'll let you completely pitch pitch it. I, mm-hmm. I, I will let you go to the nth degree and go down fighting for it. Wow. And you may win me over, but you'll have to know why. Yes, exactly. I don't tolerate that. Well, I really like it. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, or <laughs> Thank I, you for playing. I feel like it's really great. And as my husband likes to say, well, that's just a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> And I can totally hear Steve say that too. <laughs> totally. um, you know, and but it's I think it's this idea of, you know, like I said, I think it comes back to like the real safety, you know, in a group, and you're trying to make a culture where people can really put themselves out there, and literally, it I can't really emphasize this enough. Your work, what you produce as a graphic designer, um, as a web designer, that is not a referendum on your worth as a person. You walk in the door at Little Bird with, you know, you're an absolute 10. You walk out at the end of the day, you're an absolute 10. But what happened during the day, I feel free to tell you it's a one and that I'm throwing it away. Why? Right. Because I pay that that check and, you know, I really don't have anything else to say. That's It's my company. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You've earned, you've earned the privilege to do that. Well, right. But I think that also we, we also have created an awesome, safe place. And if I were in their shoes, I would love that. I would love to be able to come to a place where my, you know, my worth is not on the line and I can experiment and I can do something and I can fail and I can still have people go, okay, now go back and let's, you know, here's where we failed. And they know it because I, you know, they, listen, they listen to this podcast and they hear from me all the time. Wow. This is not what we need at all. Now I realize I didn't tell you anything from the conversation with the client. I, mm. I just, my bad. Okay. Let me start at the beginning. Right. This is what they said, blah, 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 blah. You know, and they're like, Oh, okay. And then they turn around and give me something that can be massaged as something that's, or something that's great. <laughs> like, wow. Oh, well, note to self. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that's so, past, that, you know, it's hard. that's so amazing that you, from the get go, it's like, you already tell them, look, you've already got a plus now show me what you've got. Right. You know what I mean? It's like you already you're working here. I love what you do, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now just be free to create something. Don't feel like your job is on the line when you you know when you bring something up to me. It's I, I think that's very empowering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it, it's it's great. On on the other hand, you know, I'll be real too. I've I've let people go because over over one piece. No. Oh, okay. never, never. <laughs> I was gonna say I I better go back and check yeah. my podcast. <laughs> No, I'm just saying it's not, I'm not trying to paint this picture like I'm just all, oh, I support the arts, anything you want to do, just keep going back and trying it. (laughs) You know, I just realized that sometimes we're not for everybody. It's not an environment where, where people, you know, people need to grow and, and grow at a pace that is, you know, um, that makes sense with the volume of work that they're doing, Mm. you know, and it's just a, it's an evaluation, but even if, even, you know, if I let someone go, um, you know, Again, it's, you know, it's not me saying you're worthless as an, as an artist, go, go do something, you know, else it's just not what we need here. Right. You know? So right. that's kind of a wow. sad way to end it. <laughs> no, that's, I think that's actually very inspiring. It's like, a, it's like, and I think that goes for anything you do in life. It's, mm-hmm. it's when you, if it's not working, doing one thing, go do something else. It doesn't mean that you're a, you're a failure. It just means that it wasn't a fit. Right. I do think that, you know, I, I feel like that a week ago when, when my employee said that to me, it's harder than it looks. I thought, you know, that is a good little piece of advice to carry with me all day long. What I do 
it's also harder than it looks. People right. look in and think, oh, yeah, she just, you know, just collects checks from clients. <laughs> <laughs> Clipping coupons on the beach in Bermuda. Yeah, you know. And, you know, what I do is harder than it looks. Well, then so is the experience that my employees are having. It's yeah. harder than it looks. And sometimes having a little bit of compassion for people you're working with is, is goes a long way. Yeah, I agree. Well, Priscilla, thank you. This has been such an interesting conversation because I, for one, I mean, as a lover of art, I can't imagine myself, <laughs> I can't imagine myself sitting in like H.R. Geer's living room and he comes up to me with a painting and go, well, I like that, but I think I need it in blue. So right. can you please go redo it? <laughs> but, but in a sense, it's like, that's what, that's what you do. And I think as you know, as business owners and especially in the marketing industry, because so much art is coming, you know, through your through your desk all the time right. that you, you really do have to keep a fresh and new perspective every time you look at it. So thank you for kind of uh, pulling back the veil, so to speak, right. to let us into your process. I think that was that was brilliant. And listeners, of course, we always want to hear what's going on in your world and what uh, what things have you run across where you've had to make decisions on art or graphics or something like that. We'd love to hear your experiences too. And of course, you can always leave those uh, comments on uh, the Little Bird website, on our Facebook page, of course, and over on iTunes, which we would love to have you go over there and uh, give us a review, preferably a five-star review, but uh, we just want to get a review from you nonetheless. So for Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, this is Dan Ledbetter along with Priscilla McKinney saying have a great day. I'll be the same. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.